Well, could I offer a warm welcome to everybody here and to those who are worshipping with us online and to any who may be visiting with us. We pray that the Lord's blessing would be upon us as we come before him in worship. Could I draw your attention to the intimation sheets that are some available eh, because there's quite a number of items on it. I'm not going to draw attention to any of them, but eh, if you need these, please, you can pick them up in the best of you. We're going to begin our worship by singing to God's praise in Psalm 95. Psalm 95, and we're going to sing from the beginning of the psalm and singing through to the end of the verse, March 6. O come, let us sing to the Lord, come, let us everyone a joyful noise make to the rock of our salvation. Let us before his presence come with praise and thankful voice. Let us sing psalms to him with grace and make a joyful noise. Singing on to the end of the verse, March 6. O come, let us sing to the Lord. we join together in prayer. Let us pray. We do ask of thee, O Lord, our God, that through the influence of thy Holy Spirit we may be found here on this thine own holy day 
coming together as a group of thy people, young and old alike, desiring to worship thee, the living and the true God, the God of mercy and of grace, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath given unto every one of us that believe an abundant hope. In our coming before thee, we do recognize and do confess our many failings and shortcomings, but even more than failings and shortcomings, thou dost know the depth of our sin in our hearts, and we pray that thou wouldst free us from them. We ask that thou wouldst give us the grace of faith to believe and to put our trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. For there is nothing in this world, O Lord, that can save us or give us an assurance of eternal life. We may strive for many things, but the things of this world will satisfy nothing. We may have entertainment, we may have delights, and yet at the end of the day, when we come to meet our Maker, what will we have to offer? All that we have is our sin, and we pray that thou wouldst help us to flee from it and to turn our eyes upon Jesus, to look and to behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. May thy blessings, O Lord, that are rich, be the experience of us all. May we know the love of Christ surrounding our hearts and influencing all our lives. And we pray that for those who may be going through times of distress or discomfort, those who because of old age and infirmities are suffering much, we pray especially for those in our congregation who are laid aside. We commend them to thee and to thy gracious word and to the many promises that thou dost make to thy people. Lord, we pray that thou wouldst help them. Give them the strength as with the psalmist to stretch forth their hands unto thee, for thou art their help alone. We would ask of thee also, O Lord, to remember the work and witness of the congregation here in this community. And we pray that to young and to old alike that witness and testimony would bear much fruit in the hearts and the lives of each and every one of us. To those that are in darkness, we pray that thou wouldst bring upon them the light and the liberating influence of the gospel. And to those who are in Christ, we pray that thou wouldst strengthen them in their most holy faith and give them, no matter what this world might present to them, the strength of faith and the labor of love to do thy will and to delight in it. We pray thy blessing upon a rising generation for our young people here. We thank thee for each one of them. They are a blessing and we pray that we would never lose sight of this. They are God's gifts and we pray that as we are custodians of them, we would train them up and teach them and show them the right way. We pray for the many children maybe within this community who do not have the influence of the gospel portrayed to them. We pray that thou, through the work of the visitation of our pastor to the schools, and also the work amongst the young children in the youth clubs and in the Sabbath school, we pray, O Lord, that all that is done for each and every group, including the dolphins, O Lord, we thank thee for the many opportunities that are given to us, to present the gospel as a congregation. We pray that we would not be found hiding our light under a bushel, but rather that it would be set upon a hill, seen and known and read of all men, for we are living epistles. So, Lord, we pray that thou wouldst not leave us to ourselves. Take away all that provokes thee in our lives. Receive of us in and through the merits of Christ. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> I want to have a little word with the children. And I want to speak to them about something 
that we find in the first epistle of Peter and chapter 2 verse 7 unto you therefore which believe he is precious I don't know if the observant eyes of our children have noticed I've placed something in the pulpit that doesn't normally belong there it's this thing here a blue bead and I'm going to tell you the story of this blue bead it's not a precious thing but it could have been precious to somebody I'm thinking of a little girl Sibi by name she lived in the Punjab in India she was of a poor family they had no money really to talk about other than what they gained by selling produce at the market and when they went to the market she used to go to these stalls and there were all these trinkets many glimmering things that she loved now I'm not sure if that's the sort of thing that you would go for I know my grandchildren what they go for is Lego or computer games that's what they want that's their delight that's what is their treasure or what is precious to them and I even know and I've seen it and witnessed that if there is one piece of Lego missing from a set they are in a panic because it's so important to them but this little girl Sibby she used to go with her family across a river up the other side to cut hay or whatever and then they would take it home but the river was a dangerous place in many places in India and in many places in that part of the country rivers were dangerous places because of crocodiles but there was this place where they could cross the river with stepping stones and as they all clambered to cross making a great noise to frighten off the crocodile this little girl she was just wandering behind just as children do wandering behind and she saw something in the bottom of the river it was rolling about it was a blue bead and the little girl was called upon by her parents come on it's dangerous so she had to leave what she saw went and spent the day with her family which included her mother and father and siblings included also maybe her aunts and her uncles maybe even her grandparents but they all spent time all day doing that and she was one the little girl was one who had to carry the fork on the way back they all went across the stepping stones the little girl was just musing upon the things that she fancied and this little thing in the bottom of the river but as she went to walk across the stepping zones there was an old lady there and she fell in well you can imagine the concern then the crocodile and maybe more than one but the crocodile lurched at the old lady but the little girl knew exactly what to do she took the fork and plunged it into the eye of the crocodile and the crocodile let the old lady go and the old lady was saved then she remembered the blue bead she went and she picked it up and she got it but by this time her mother and father were shouting where are you what are you doing and the little girl said look ma'am I found a blue bead now all the trinkets in the market and all the toys that you and I might want out of the marketplaces or the big shops wherever they are the things that we want we might hold them very very precious and this little girl held this bead very precious it was precious to her but what Peter says to us in this passage if we believe in Jesus he is precious in fact he's more precious than silver and gold he is much more important to us than all the things in this world however attracted we might be to them let the words of Peter remind us these things might have their place 
and certainly they do and I love to watch my grandchildren working away and working out their Lego and whatever but there is nothing more important or more precious for them, for you and for me than Jesus Peter said on one occasion silver and gold have I none but such as I have I give you may that be for each and every one of us well we're now going to sing in the words of Psalm 8 (coughs) Psalm number 8 and again in the Scottish Psalter from the beginning of the psalm through to verse through to verse verse 1 to verse 5 sorry apologies How excellent in all the earth, Lord, our Lord, is thy name, who has thy glory far advanced above the starry frame. From infants and from sucklings' mouth to thou strength thou strength thou didst strengthen ordain, for thy foe's cause that so thou mightst the avenging foe restrain. Psalm eight verses one to verse five. How excellent in all the earth. to read in the New Testament in John's Gospel and chapter 6 and we're going to read from verse 22 where the title there is I am the bread of life <laughs> John 6 22 on the next day the crowd that remained on the other side of the sea saw that there had been only one boat there 
and that Jesus had not entered the boat with his, with his disciples, but that his disciples had gone away alone. Other boats from Tiberias came near the place where they had eaten the bread after the Lord had given thanks. So when the crowd saw that Jesus was not there, not his disciples, they themselves got into the, into the boat and went to Capernaum seeking Jesus. When they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, you are seeking me not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Do not work for the food that perishes, but for the, for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him God the Father has set a seal. Then they said to him, what must we do to be doing the work of God? Jesus answered them, This is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he has sent. So they said to him, Then what sign do you do, that we may see and believe you? What work do you perform? <coughs> Our fathers ate the manna in the wilderness, as it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said to him, Sir, give us this bread always. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall never hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. But I said to you that you have seen me, and yet do not believe. All that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never cast out. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose nothing of all that he has given me, but that ra but raise it up upon the last raise it up on the last day. For this is the will of my Father, that every one who looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. So the Jews grumbled about him because he said I am the bread that came down from heaven they said is this not this is not this Jesus the son of Joseph whose father and mother we know how does he not say sorry how does he now say I've come down from heaven Jesus answered them do not grumble among yourselves no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up on the last day. It is written in the prophets, and they will all be taught by God. Everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. Not that anyone has seen the Father except he who is from God. He has seen the Father. Truly, truly, I say to you, Whoever believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate that man in the, in, the, in the wilderness, and they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven, so that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will, not, he will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of the wor world is my death, sorry, my flesh. <coughs> the Jews then disputed among themselves, saying, How can this man give us this his flesh to eat? So Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. 
Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. For my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I in him. As the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so whoever feeds on me, he also will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Not like the bread the, father, the fathers are. Sorry, not like the bread the fathers, the fathers ate and died. Whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. Jesus said these things in the synagogue as he taught at Capernaum. When many of his disciples heard it, they said, This is a hard saying. Who can listen to it? But Jesus, knowing in himself that his disciples were grumbling about this, said to them, Do you take offense at this? Then what if you were to see the Son of Man ascend to where he was before? It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh is no help at all. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life. But there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus knew from the beginning who those were who did not believe. And who it was who would betray him. And he said, this is why I told you that no one can come to me unless it is granted him by the Father. After this, many of his disciples (coughs) turned back and no longer walked with him. So Jesus said to the twelve, Do you want to go away as well? Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? That was the words of eternal life. And we believed and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. Jesus answered them, Did I not choose you, the twelve? And yet one of you is a devil. He spoke of Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot. For he, for he, for he, one of the twelve, was going to betray him. Amen. And may God bless to us a reading of his word and to his name be all the praise. Let us join together again the word of prayer. As we bear before thee, O Lord, our thoughts, our concerns, help us to do so believing that the Lord Jesus Christ is never far from any one of us. However far we may feel from him, however undeserving we are of him, the Lord Jesus Christ is calling upon each and every one of us to cast our care upon him to be anxious for nothing but to believe and we pray that this message as it goes forth throughout the world this day would redound to thy glory in the gathering of many people we thank thee for the free offer of the gospel and we pray that in every land every nation wherever that gospel is proclaimed that much fruit would be born as a result of it We pray this especially for our own nation and our own people. We are in a state of apoplexy. And yet, O Lord, however cast down we may be, yet, O Lord, thou art in control. And we thank thee for the grace of faith that we can believe this and trust in thee. For thou art working out thine own purposes in and through us, not only as individuals, but also as a nation. We pray that thou wouldst turn the heart of this nation toward thyself, to make the people willing in the day of thy power. We pray that amongst our, those who have authority and the rule over us, in their responsibility to thee in governing, they may do so to glorify God in Jesus Christ. It is to our shame that we have turned back 
away from thee. O Lord, many of us turn away from Christ. Not only is it to our shame, but also it is to our detriment. O Lord, turn the heart of this nation to thyself. Give strength and encouragement to all those who uphold the cause of Christ and the influence of their witness in every part of our society. We pray that the influence of thy believing people would be so great that it would redound to thy glory to the changing of the heart of our nation that once again we would find ourselves pleading with thee. Bless missionary work both at home and abroad. Remember the congregations of our own denomination. We pray that thou wouldst give them to be encouraged and remember thy servants. We pray thy blessing upon our own pastor and commend him to thee. And this time away from us we pray that thou would strengthen and encourage him. We pray too for his mother-in-law and we commend her to thee. Lord, we do thank thee that thou art mindful of each and every one. O Lord, leave us then not to ourselves. Take away all offence, loving us in Jesus. Amen. (laughs) We're going to sing now in Psalm 119, singing at verse 57. In the, sing, in the traditional verse in page 404, Psalm 119 at verse 57, Thou my sure portion art alone, which I did choose, O Lord. I have resolved and said that I would keep thy holy word. With my whole heart I did entreat thy face and favour free. According to thy gracious word, be merciful to me. We'll sing of the whole of this section. Thou my sure portion art alone.
I would like to turn with you to words we read in John's Gospel, chapter 6, and reading from verse 60. John's Gospel, chapter 6, at verse 60. Sorry, verse 66. <coughs> After this, many of his disciples turned back and no longer walked with him. So Jesus said to the twelve, Do you want to go away as well? Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. And we have believed and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. Jesus answered them, Did I not choose you? Twelve. And yet one of you is a devil. He spoke of Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, for one of the twelve was going to betray him. <coughs> and I want us to concentrate our attention on the question that Jesus asked of the disciples in verse 67. He says, So Jesus said to the twelve, Do you want to go away as well? Simon answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. And so on. I want to take you back first of all by way of introduction to the end of chapter 5. Because the big question is of course the rejection of Christ by the Pharisees, the scribes, the Sadducees and all of the religious leaders of the time. And you remember on that occasion, I want to read here at the end of chapter 5 where it says, <coughs> Do not think that I will accuse you to the Father. There is one who accuses, Mo accuses you, Moses, on whom you have set your hope. For if you believed Moses, you would believe me, for he wrote of me. But if you do not believe his writings, how will you believe my words. That could be a kind of a universal appreciation of all those of us who have come under the sound of the gospel and have maybe not responded in a God-honoring and a God-glorifying way. There is no doubt that the Pharisees had it in for Jesus. They didn't like what he was saying. He didn't like what he was doing. He didn't li they didn't like either the, the, the attraction of the people toward him. In fact, probably they held back from many things during many times because he knew, they knew that he was very popular and that things might go against them. But the crunch point has to come at some point or another. And that is true not just of the Pharisees, but every single one of us. A time is coming when we will have to give an answer to the Lord Jesus Christ. Whatever our station is at this moment in time, yes, we may be followers of Jesus. Well, at the time of Jesus, there were many followers, many disciples that suggested but many of them left him not necessarily because of the miracles but just because of what he was saying it was a hard saying for them that Jesus said I am the bread of life and it was necessary for them to eat that bread and drink his blood now, of course, if you are unbelieving, you can't understand or comprehend that very statement. We may understand it, at least from this point of view, from our knowledge and our maybe teaching that we have been given as we've been grown up, growing up. But the essence and the root of it all maybe doesn't exercise a spirit of faith and appreciation in all truism. These disciples were following Jesus. They were going to great lengths to follow him. 
mainly because as Jesus said to them mainly because you are following me because of the bread that I gave you to eat that was something tangible yes the miracles I'm sure they were a great surprise to these people and you and I even as we read the history of the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ are amazed at the things that Jesus was doing but then at the end of the day it doesn't cut much ice with us because we can't see it as a tangible thing affecting our own lives specifically oh the feeding of the 5,000 with the fish and the bread that was something tangible and that's what they were after they wanted somebody that would come and provide for them well Jesus is not in the marketplace for making people lazy that's not his purpose and his plan but rather to show forth the will of God Jesus accuses these people when they turn turning away he knew they would turn away from him he even knows even now who will turn away we've all had the potential of being recipients of the word of God and the promises of his truth but have we all embraced them by faith have we accepted Jesus as the only Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world or to use the illustration here the only bread of life when these people left Jesus I'm sure Jesus not only did he know that they were going to leave him but more than that it disheartened him his ministry amongst them was for the plain purpose of redemption and salvation but they weren't hearing they weren't listening all they wanted was to be self-satisfied with the things of this world something that would gratify their stomachs or whatever something that would fulfill an ambition within them Jesus had to say to them you didn't follow me because of the miracles because of the things I've done or even for the things that I've said you are following me in yes a pretense now as I said in my introduction the Pharisees were afraid that they couldn't do anything about this Jesus because he is such a following but what was the following? Was everyone that was following, following by faith in the blood of the everlasting covenant? Was everyone that was appearing to follow, even those of us as we come to church, as we come and worship God in a visible way, are we following Jesus? in the way that Jesus wants us to because he certainly knows that there is hypocrisy amongst us in our own hearts we might deceive people to a certain degree but we won't deceive Christ we can never deceive Christ we hear it time and time again from our own pastor in his preaching about the dangers of deception in that area we think that we can hide from him but we cannot he knows every single thing about us and he knew that these this great crowd of people were going to desert him no matter what was their appearance as a crowd of people whatever they did physically they were going to desert him <coughs> and Jesus turns to his disciples and this asks this great heart-searching question will you also go away will you and I go away whatever might be our appearance at this moment in time 
Has Jesus not got the right to ask that question of every single one of us, just as he asks it of his disciples, will you also go away? We where? Where were these people going to go? After all, they were having to give up on the supply of their food just because they didn't like what Jesus was saying. Many people reject the Lord Jesus Christ because it is too hard a saying for us to accept. Maybe even too hard for us to accept that we are hell-deserving sinners. It doesn't go down well with us. We don't like. We certainly don't like it if anybody else saying or trashing us or making any comment at all about our character, our personality and the way that we live. But one thing he has, is sure. As I said, Jesus knows everything about us. The very depth of our being. And Jesus knew even as he asked the question of Peter and the disciples, will you also go away? He knew at that point, and long before this point, that there was one amongst them who would turn tailcoat and who would deny in a very profound way the Lord Jesus Christ. Judas. Now Judas had all the opportunity and all the blessing and all the privilege of the testimony of the Lord Jesus, the companionship of Christ, the help and the support of Christ. It was all there for him. And what does he do? He betrays him. He can't think of anything else to do but betray him simply because he can see within this whole scenario that there is something to be gained for him. If there's no bread left by Jesus' provision, as the multitude of these people would say, then there is no point in following him. For Judas Iscariot, his eyes were on the money, the silver, the silver that he could gain by betraying him. What an attitude. But it is an attitude that is never very far from any one of us. If we are still in the grip of unbelief. And without God and without Christ in our hearts. We are no less susceptible than Judas Iscariot was. To the vagaries of this world. And what this world and the devil wants to do. In order to, yes, take us out of any possibility of being in the grip of Christ. Jesus says to Peter and to the disciples, Will you also go away? What an offense it is to go away and to leave Christ, to walk away from all the benefits of the gospel, and yet, if we are still in darkness and in unbelief, that's what we are doing. And Jesus can see it even now. And he is saying to you and to me, he's asking this question, a deep-seated question that must be asked, as I said at the beginning. It has to be answered. Will you go away? Go away from the influence of the gospel? Would you turn your back upon it? This crowd of people, what blessings were bestowed upon them, not just through the bread, but the very mouth and the witness and the testimony of Jesus. Everything he said was true. And that's what Peter says and admits to. He responds without any equivocation whatsoever. He doesn't have to think about it. Peter, talking for the rest of the disciples, the rest of the twelve, he doesn't have to think twice. Because he knows fine, at least as much as he does know. He doesn't know everything. We know that Peter had 
weaknesses in the exercise of his faith, that is true. And that comes up later on. But in this moment in time, what Peter says is very, very true and it is very honest. It is an honest answer to the Lord Jesus Christ. To whom else shall we go? Is there anything or anyone in this world that could give to us what you can give to us? Where can we go? To go back is certainly annihilation. For those of us maybe who are not as yet professing faith in Christ, and I say this not to offend anybody at all, but if we have embraced something of the gospel to this extent, that at least at a human level, I want to put it that way, you know, I can't do without it. Maybe I won't embrace all its tenets. Maybe there is something that is going to come upon my path of life later on or earlier maybe that is going to test me and what I'm going to do is walk away from it. How many people have left our churches up and down the country and throughout the world? Yes, they gave the appearance of appreciating the gospel of Jesus Christ, but turned away from it. Maybe it was some providence that was too hard to bear. Maybe it is something of which we would say, how can God do this to me if he is a loving God? Maybe we haven't dug into into the depths of the true nature of God's love. And that's what makes us so susceptible to the vagaries of this world and the temptations of the evil one. To whom else can we go, Peter says? What is there in this world? These are the words and the testimony of a man who knows by faith what it is to put his trust in the Lord Jesus. And if you haven't done that, please I appeal to you to seek the Lord while he is to be found and call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to God for he will abundantly pardon. What was it going to be for these so-called disciples that went away? (coughs) Did Peter understand something of the great risks that was to be found in their lives? Walking away from Jesus? To whom else can we go? This world has nothing to offer us. Maybe like the story of the little girl with a blue bead. It was something that enhanced our thinking and our pleasure for a time. But that wasn't going to give her eternal life. Neither will the things of this world give you and I eternal life. People people talk about chasing after rainbows and how true that is, is in the minds of so many people. But without Christ we have nothing. Not even a blue bead. We have nothing at the end of the day. So why would we pursue a path of unrighteousness and ungodlessness when you can compare it to what Christ has to offer? To whom else can we go? What is Peter's thinking? Thou is the words of eternal life. And there's the rub. Is it not? The words of eternal life. Jesus said to the Pharisees, You didn't believe in Moses. How would you believe in my word? How many of us, I wonder, have come through that and have escaped by the blessings of the gospel? Yes, we were in a state of unbelief. We were in ungodlessness. But now we have been set free. We have been redeemed. Peter didn't understand everything about the gospel. 
And we knew, as I said already, that there were weaknesses in the exercise of his faith as life went on. But he is the one of whom I was drawing attention to the children. He is the one who says to them that believe he is precious. There is nothing in this world that can satisfy the longing soul. And how full the word of God is of that kind of statement. We can go after everything in the world and at the end of the day, what satisfaction is there in it? We only have to listen to many reports and our news items and the tragedies of many people's lives to see that whatever people are after, there is nothing truly satisfying in the things that are of this world. Peter says, To whom else can we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. Now Peter, I believe, understood what Jesus was saying in the whole of this narrative about Christ being the bread of life. That's what satisfies. Not the manna, but the bread of life that Jesus Christ is the epitome of. I am the bread of life. He that eats of me and drinks my blood believes in me. Can we say that? We are not long past the communion season. That communion season is a reminder to us of Jesus being the bread of life in all its essence. And when we sat at the table and we took that bread and we drank the wine, we weren't for one moment thinking that it was literally bread of Jesus, the body of Jesus, the physical body of Jesus, or the blood of Jesus. Some might think of it that way. But it is by faith we receive it. Jesus said, This do in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show forth the Lord's death until he comes. That's important. Following Jesus, being assured of his death and resurrection and his ascension into heaven, his continual intercession for his people. After all, says Peter, where on earth would I find someone who could secure to my heart and soul that I have eternal life in the things material of this world? Peter says, Thou hast the words of eternal life. The words of eternal life that Jesus was had no truck with the Pharisees in fact the very opposite but I just want to lay something before I finish to you something that I mentioned some maybe a couple of years ago and it's regarding the influence of Jesus and maybe if he hasn't if the influence of Jesus has not penetrated us maybe as much as Jesus would want to penetrate Think of those soldiers who were called upon by the, the religious leaders to take Jesus captive so that they could question him. And do you remember they didn't take him? And with the possibility or the danger of being put in prison for not doing what they had said, their excuse was, and to the Pharisees it was a feeble excuse, it was an insulting excuse. But these men said, No one, no one has ever spoken like this man. They weren't necessarily believers 
in the sense that you and I would understand believing in Christ as our Saviour and Redeemer. But there is no doubt that the word of Christ had an influence upon them. But we want it to be more than an influence, don't we? We want it to be like with Peter, the words of eternal life and assurance that whatever happens to me this side of eternity, I have that assurance. As Jesus would say, I will lose none of them. All that the Father has given to me will come to me. I will lose none of them. Why? Because of the promise that if we believe that Jesus Christ is the bread of life, if we believe that Jesus Christ is our only surety for time and for eternity, we have nothing to fear. That's why Jesus to the believer is precious. Nothing more precious than the Saviour's love. Shall we pray? O eternal and ever-blessed God, we do thank Thee that Thine hand reaches out toward us daily. Thou art calling upon us to trust in Thee and to believe that Thou art our Saviour and our Redeemer, without whom we have nothing. We pray Thy word to be a blessing upon our hearts and souls. Stir us up, O Lord, we pray Thee, to ever new obedience. And challenge those of us, O Lord, who have not yet put their trust in him, to believe that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. For before us then, forgiving all offence, and if we have said anything that is an offence to thee or to thy word, forgive it. Take away all offence then, loving us in Jesus. Amen. We're going to conclude now by singing in Psalm 119, again in the traditional version, at verse 89. Psalm 119, verse 89. We're singing to verse 94. <clears throat> Thy word forever is, O Lord, and heaven settled fast. Unto all generations thy faithfulness doth last. The earth thou hast established, and it abides by thee. This day they stand as thou ordainst, for all thy servants be. And so on to the end of verse 94. Thy word forever is, O Lord.
And now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, the fellowship and the comfort of the Holy Spirit rest upon and remain with you 